Hello and welcome to One for the Books. I'm Jacinta. And I'm Emma. We're a book podcast for everyone, whether you love reading or your idea of a book is a glossy mag, we have recommendations to kickstart your book club. Equal part book club, ultimate rec list, and catch up with your friends. Nailed it! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a fun episode. (laughs) We are already in a mood. (laughs) (laughs) That mostly is thanks to wine. Our setup is a bit different. But I really appreciate it. You have your microphone resting on a (laughs) takeaway fried rice container. Um, We're drinking warm wine out of very bougie, like, paper cups. It's like leftover sheet cake, like the hardcore thick icing. Yeah, (laughs) which I have consumed a lot. So I'm, at this point, like 80% powered on sugar and wine. Plus meringue, which is like 90% sugar. (laughs) And egg whites. Egg whites are good for you. Oh, yeah, eggs are great for you. Eggs are a good source of protein. I don't know. Oh, Let's just say we're feeling great. <laughs> we're in the we're in a good mood. <laughs> um, I'm really excited about this episode, though, and we I feel like we've purposely not talked to each other about these books yes, for the I last few weeks. Oh, I'm so intrigued to hear your thoughts. We get to debate a bit. Potentially, we don't know. Maybe we're going to be super boring and just like <sighs> agree with each other, and then we'll be like, oh, okay, cool. And we do have <laughs> super, superior opinions. <laughs> Objectively, we have the best opinions Great about opinions. books, even though we often clash. Yeah. <laughs> so we crowdsourced we these did. recommendations. Thank you to everyone that recommended certain books for us to talk about this episode. It's been really fun reading books that maybe outside of what we would normally have read. Yeah, outside of our comfort zone. I definitely yeah. felt that with some of them. Some of them definitely felt like they were just on my to-read list and I bumped them up a little. Yeah. But some were newbies. There's all always a good excuse to like bump up on your yeah. 200 long yeah. list yeah shut up. <laughs> <laughs> all right so should we just get into it <laughs> yeah okay i want to i want to know what you think okay so very interested um yeah so the first book we're going to talk about is the seven husbands of evelyn hugo by taylor jenkins reed um which i feel like she has blown up in the last couple of years oh as gosh. an author yeah so she, she is everywhere <laughs> Daisy Jones and the Six, Six, which is a massive book. Huge. And then and then so. she's just recently this one. year released Malibu Rising, which I think is a very similar vein of like, I think that she is like the current contemporary author of like easy fiction. Totally. Like, like women's a, fiction. Yes. Yes. Where like there's Not always. Exactly yeah. But there's always like a love story of some kind. Yeah. But I feel like it's about the people in the and their lives, not necessarily just the romance. And it's always, well, I'm not sure about Malibu Rising, but the ones that I've read are always historical. So well. true. And set in different eras. Yeah. So they're very, she's really, what I will say about her is she's amazing at world building. That is actually a really good point. Especially when it's like a certain period of time to get that feeling of Malibu it. Rising is set in Malibu in 1983. Cool. So she's now done between all of these. What is it? So like, I guess Evelyn Hugo's set over the course of many years, like decades really. Yeah. But it definitely starts in what, like the 40s, 50s, 60s? Yeah, 50s, 60s. Yeah. And then... Daisy Jones in the 60s, like 60s, 70s. Yeah. So then she's almost going through eras. I wonder if she'll do like 90s next. That's actually so interesting. <gasps> I wonder if that's her whole thing. That's actually a good point because to cover that much, yeah. like, to not even be a specialist in one era, especially writing like a whole book on it. Yeah. There would be so many details that you would need to get right and so much research. Right. I'm very impressed. Um, 
you know what it is? It's like the secret lives of celebrities is effectively what Ooh. she does. Because Daisy Jones and the Six is all about like, did they, didn't they, unrequited totally. love vibes. Evelyn Hugo is so like unpicking um, the mystery that is Evelyn Hugo yeah. because she was so opaque about her social, like her personal life. Well, what they project and yes. what, who they actually are behind closed doors. Yeah, like what is selling the image that they yes. want to project first like who are they on the inside and i feel like this is going to be a similar concept oh i love that oh it makes me want to read that book actually i know i'm gonna pick that up even though next. i was like i think i was, didn't love the cover and it just made me think of like big little lies or something and i was like oh, i thought you were gonna say you didn't like evelyn hugo oh my god no is that what, what you, you is that your yes. big like intake in breath i was like, like what i loved this me book. too yay <laughs> i think Spoiler alert for the books ahead. This might have been my favorite book that we reviewed for oh, this episode. Yeah, this is my my favorite. It was as well. like the definition of a good easy read book. Oh, you don't just you think? Stuck into it. Yeah, but it was like light, easy, but there was enough interest. Like it wasn't generic. I thought this was a perfect beach read vibe. Like if Ooh, people are looking yes. for a summer beach holiday thing, yeah. this is the book I think that yeah. I would recommend. It's that where you can just get lost. Yeah. There's also another mystery running through the book about how the journalist and how oh, Evelyn Hugo is connected. didn't pick that, did you? Neither. I was and it wasn't say, until the end that I was like, oh, this is more obvious. Like, I should have realised this sooner, maybe. I was like, there's got a bit like, is she like yeah. her secret granddaughter? Like, is this, this is what I thought. I thought yeah. that like... Maybe Evelyn Hugo had had a child and like put them up for adoption, and it was the yeah. journalist's mum. Like Cameron's, like rambling. Yes, but I did not pick what it actually was. Same, and I, that is not a spoiler, by the way, because it's very transparent from the very beginning that the whole purpose of the book yeah. is trying to find out why Evelyn Hugo has specifically asked for this journalist to be the one to yeah, interview to write her. A story on her. Yeah. I kind of loved, um, one of the things I really loved about this book yeah. is how messy it was and how messy Evelyn Hugo is totally. as a character. Yes. But like, I mean, I think she did it in a really palatable way, but she didn't shy away from like Evelyn Hugo was such an uncompromisingly honest character. I hated her at first. Yeah, same. I thought she was like... I was like, oh, I have to sit through all of yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like she kind of painted them both, it made them both feel more real because they felt... Like, even the journalist, I felt like, you know, it was kind of like she had this messy home life and, like, yeah. you know, she wasn't perfect. She was unhappy with where she was in her career. There were so yeah. many elements about totally. it. Especially, like, a Hollywood celebrity. Right. Like, she's not feeling us this picture-perfect life. Yeah. No, that's yeah. a really good point. But the end, we won't give out what the end mystery was. Don't do it just in trend. Like, I know. <laughs> spoil the ending with that. the whole story. <laughs> Up until saying the person's name, which you'll be able to guess. I didn't pick it, though. Yeah, anyway, I said that already. I didn't either. Mm. And it doesn't paint Evelyn in a very good light. It's like she wasn't doing it for Monique's sake. She was doing it to clear her conscience. Yeah. So it felt, when it was revealed, it added another layer for me for Evelyn because it was almost self-serving. That's true, actually. It's like I want to clear my conscience yeah. before I like something happens to me because yeah. I'm older. So that – she's like a – like you said, she's a super complicated character. This whole thing and empathising with her and almost doing it on purpose so that you were getting – and she kind of admits that, that, like, she wanted her to know every part of Evelyn before she found out. 
this thing that she yeah, did. Yeah, so it's like I'm getting you to sympathize with exactly. my whole story exactly. and all exactly. this and stuff that I've gone through. So that you can't just say that I'm a cold, callous, awful person. Yeah. Like it's a more nuanced picture and you can't just I make this like rash judgment. I what hiding that part of myself meant. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I think it was a little manipulative, which I think totally is manipul- interesting as for Evelyn as a character who's always gotten what she wanted. But I was, like, very in keeping with her character. Like, she totally. was very manipulative. In terms of, like, I think she was one of those... Getting um, what she wants. Yeah, but, like, she was willing to, like, put herself as her own priority. Yeah. And, like, she would pretty much do anything yeah. to get herself ahead because she came from a very rough upbringing. Mm. So I do think there's an element of grit that goes with that. That's true, yeah. She's yeah. like a very – I kind of loved that she had like a like an almost a bleak outlook on life. Like it was very yeah. matter-of-fact. Yeah, I liked it. I loved it. that. Ugh, I loved it though. Like for all of its – I think for its complexities, that's why I loved yes. it. Yeah, like it was yeah. centre of a very complex woman. Yeah, but it was like for some reason really easy to read and like <clears throat> done in a really like oh. – easy palatable way it was weird it was completely brilliant i loved this book yeah honestly perfect crowd pleaser book i feel like you could recommend this to almost anyone and it'd be like go down a treat and like you rip through it quite easily as well easily yeah and you kind of want to it's a page turner which i love in contemporary fiction that isn't like crime based or like mystery based exactly even though i guess this is mystery but yeah but it's not like the driving factor you want to know more about like that golden era of hollywood This would be an amazing yes, movie. This is like, one definitely. Fuck the Great Gatsby. I want this. <laughs> and like the transition from golden era oh. of Hollywood to like French new wave cinema. Right. Oh. Love it. But then also moving through like what would have been great like 80s, 90s vibes as yes. well. Would have been so and, like, good. Like in the house all together, just living. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it took a turn that I didn't think it would, but I'm so grateful for it. Same. It was yeah. so good. Recommend yeah. this book. Yes, me too. Definitely my favourite of the four. Yeah, thank you for uh, getting us to read it. Yes. <laughs> it was, it's been on my to-read list for so long, so I was actually really happy that I had an excuse to like bump it up. <laughs> exactly. It was so good. Exactly. Um, the second book we're going to talk about is, I feel like, would you agree that this is the book of the year in the sense of like the fanfare and it's been how expected it's been and anticipated? 100%. So we're talking about Beautiful World, Where Are You? by Sally Rooney. So the new one from everyone's favourite Irish author. <laughs> She's Irish, right? Yeah. yeah. I had this panic moment where I was like, I was she not. like, did you say everyone's favourite in sarcasm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, because we have talked briefly about this book. <laughs> well, this was the first book that I read post Normal People, the TV show. Same. And all the fanfare about Sally Rooney mm-hmm. as an author. So I felt like I had a very different take than I thought I would. But I'm not sure, like, should I be blaming the hysteria around it or the actual book? I found myself trying to balance that. Yeah, and it's it's almost impossible to separate, right? Because I was like... Because that's also what it is about as well. I know. But there's, like, that expectation of what it's going to be. And is it just that you have insane expectations? Yes. Or is it that the book's just not as good? And it's all like you can never actually know that objectively. I was thinking about this because yeah, you can you always never have that bias. Yeah, because you can't go back in time to read it for the first time, and you can't go back to a time when you didn't know who she was yeah. or the hype surrounding her. Yeah, yeah. This is I don't of, know of the three. This was my least favorite. Same. <laughs> I was so pissed off at the ending. 
what the fuck was that ending? That ruined, like, I was like, oh, this is fine. Like, I, I don't think I would read it again. It's not my favourite Sally Rooney book. But it was like a meh, like, whatever. It was a great yeah. middle ground, like, hard to come back from normal people and try and follow up with a yeah, book. It's like, got to be something. So, like, well done. But when it came to that mm-hmm. ending, it just seemed like such a cop-out. Thank it you. It made me yes. so mad. And the most antithetical, like... I feel like Sally Rooney is famous for her ambiguity around endings. I mean, obviously, this is going to be it. fucking spoiler alert again. Maybe we can leave this one in because this is actually my biggest gripe with the book is the ending. You can't talk about it without No. So, like, if you don't want to listen to this part, if you haven't yet read the book, skip ahead. But please come back and listen to this when you've finished it because I feel like we can't be alone. Yes, good idea. I fucking hated the ending. Because, like, they all end up happy and together. And, like, their friendship is also, seems like it was mended when it was at a point beyond repair. Because I feel like the entire book, I don't know about you, but I was like, do these two hate each other or are they friends? Like, I would literally oscillate between trying to work out, like, where they were sitting as as friends because sometimes they would write those pass-ag emails to each other. And I was like, what the fuck? They must hate each other. Yeah, you could really see the fracture of the yeah. in their letters which i think was a really fascinating same part of it even though i actually hated the whole letter writing part of I it i hated it and it also made it really <laughs> hard to get into because yes. you'd be like who the fuck is this and who are we like oh which my chapter are we in it was so unnecessary like i feel like sally rooney already has a book format where she switches between two main characters each chapter that's kind of her go-to when yeah. you think about I mean, particularly normal people, like, she would do that. And she did that again in this book, which is, that's hard enough. But then to interweave between each of those chapter changes, these emails to each other that sort of summarise where they were at that you just read, but then you were seeing the way they talked to each other, it just felt so unnecessary. And it actually took away, like I said before, it made me feel like they weren't friends. Yes. What's the word where, like, you take all the emotion out of it? Like, it was so... Oh, my God, they wrote so clinically. Yeah. And, like, about, like, really big topics like religion and politics. Which they never talked about in person. Yeah. But it was also, like, they were trying to show each other up with their intelligence, which I found so frustrating to read. It was nauseating. It felt so elitist and it felt like... Such a good point. I also was, like, I had this issue doing it. Like, is she making these people obnoxious on purpose? Or is she actually just, yeah. r- like, writing her friends. like that? Yeah, or is this what she thinks is yeah. these people? And that really confused me. Because yeah. it was so on the nose, especially with the whole... 100%. So one of the characters is a famous author who, like, shuns the celebrity life. And I was like, is she, like, is she being self-referential in, a, like, a funny way? Yeah, and that's what I actually really struggled with as well is it kept pulling me out of the book because I kept it made it too like you were just questioning the entire time that that character was in the book you were like wait is this Sally Rooney talking about Sally Rooney or is this Sally Rooney writing fiction and like (laughs) I get that a lot of the time fiction authors draw on real experiences and I appreciate that once you attain a certain level of like notoriety fame renown it must be pretty hard because what do you draw on you probably not living in the real world in the same way that you were before. Totally. But it, it made it really hard to separate author from book. And I felt like for the book that followed up such a huge global 
wave of obsession to tackle that exact topic it, it just, felt too soon right like yeah pick something that's not at all related yeah. to the literary you world need some distance between it and for yes. people not to associate that with you in my personal opinion yeah and i mean i think in some ways classic rooney where like none of the characters i felt were particularly likable i no. feel like that is her brand of writing in some ways yeah i kind of um, liked um felix yeah he was the nicest and he was the one that got treated the most like shit there was yeah. definitely an elitist you didn't go to college vibe with that that i yeah, also really resented yeah. yeah exactly but i also i i felt myself caring more about their relationship so much more than Simon and Eileen. Same. Yeah. So when Simon and Eileen would come up, I was like, oh, this is boring. But it also just felt really like, it just felt like she didn't set it up well enough, like why these couples came together. Yeah. To also then culminate in that happy ending felt ridiculous. I think, and I think if she took out the emails, like yeah. she could make that like so much better because you'd like finish this really intense like sex scene <laughs> and then it'd be like global warming <laughs> says that blah 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 right or like remember that time I said this to you and you're like yeah. that's not been in the book it and this so doesn't feel like it builds on the friendship jarring so jarring I completely zoned out in the emails most oh, of the they time they were awful it was so weird yeah like you say she's the master of implication but the nature of writing an email to someone all of that ambiguity is removed yeah is there anything you liked about this book it was kind of great being back in sally rooney world but the book was meh exactly there's moments of brilliance where she writes a sentence and you're like oh god yeah that's good yeah like Like, gotta take a photo because it's such a good line or it's really evocative Yeah. yeah so just definitely the sally rooney we still know and love She's so, a phenomenally talented author. We're only saying this as like readers and our level of enjoyment of the book. Yes. But it wasn't great. <laughs> and also like bearing in mind that like don't have a literary background at all. This is just being like a generic reader. <laughs> reader. <laughs> so That's like all. yeah. Meh. Meh. <laughs> but if you've never read Sally Rooney, would love to hear your thoughts. Oh, that's a good idea. Like if this is gonna be your first Sally Rooney book. I would be so interested. I'd be so interested to see what people think. Exactly. Yeah. She is brilliant. There's so a reason brilliant. why she has had so much attention. And we'd love to know if it is just by virtue of high expectations yeah. that this felt. Maybe because I probably went into it thinking that it was going to be an ambiguous ending. Yes. And so when it wasn't, I was like, what the fuck? This isn't yeah. Sally Rooney. <laughs> exactly. So maybe she's doing it on purpose to be like, fuck you guys. You don't know what I'm like. Which I respect. Yeah, so who I knows? I don't have to like it, but I yeah. respect it. I would say like two out of five for me. I would maybe two and a half, three. Okay, that's nice of you. Of course. I have to. As soon as I said two, I was like, I feel like an awful. <laughs> no, I would be, yeah, tell us if it's our bias that are shaping yeah. these opinions. It's definitely the lowest of the books we're reviewing today, though, for me. Like, it comes last. I'm. It's not my last one. I think I actually think I know what your last one's gonna be. Um, all right, should we move on to the next book? Let's move on to the next one. Okay, so um, the third book we're gonna be talking about is This Is How It Always Is by Laurie Frankel. Is this the one that was the last one for you? No, I loved this book. Oh shit! Did you like this book? Yes. Mixed feelings. Not as much. 
Yeah, I think this is like I think this and the next book were like very mid range for me. Oh, interesting. Anyway, we will get to it. I hadn't heard of this book before. Like a friend um, recommended that we do this one. Yeah. Had you heard of it? I'd heard, heard of it? Laurie Frankel, same, but not this particular book. Well, I actually like this. Surprised me how into it I mm. was. I was really taken aback at how great of a writer she was. So good. Again, a very easy read. I appreciated it so much because it wasn't oversimplified where you can just rush through it. Yeah. I think this is like a particularly hard topic to navigate as well. And I, like in my opinion, I appreciated how she kind of, she did it. So it's basically a family trying to navigate their transgender daughter. Yeah. And, like, I I don't read family sagas or, like, domestic family life and stuff, so I thought I yeah. was not going to like this book. Particularly, like, kid lives, like, yeah. parents of children. Like, I think the parent narrative is yeah. maybe, if you're not in that phase of life, doesn't overly yeah. appeal. It's not something I've read much of, so yeah. I was actually surprised at how much... I enjoyed being in this world and being a part of this family. Same. What about you? I actually just Googled because I had been really intrigued. I was like, does the author have like lived experience with um, anyone transgender? Because I think I'm always really concerned, maybe is the right word, um, going into books that it deal with any of any topic where it's a minority or a group that gets traditionally discriminated against if there's no lived experience going on. Um, but yet, um, the author, Laurie Frankel, has a daughter who was born a boy. Oh, wow. She, like, in an interview, Laurie Frankel said that that's where the similarities end in terms of the books, but has lived experience navigating being I a parent with that. a child who that's comes out. So I did want to Google that because I was like, oh, that's really important point. to, like, yeah. I think understand that. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed this book. I didn't know what to expect because I purposely didn't read the blurb beforehand because I often find book blurbs completely ruin endings or like take a lot of the suspense out. So I purposely didn't read anything about it beforehand so that it could all be a surprise. And my friend gave me like zero information. She was just like, you should read it. It deals with a really interesting topic. Um, like I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Um, I found some of the characters really frustrating. I mm. didn't like a lot of them, <laughs> but I think that that sort of what added about the to parents? it. Loved the dad, hated the mum for a while. Oh, interesting. She, like really ebbed and flowed with the mum. Oh my god, I, I got so frustrated with the dad. Oh really? He was always talking about fairy tales. True, but I think I really, I think because I'm a natural born pessimist. Okay. I liked that he was the optimist. Yeah. And I think I got frustrated with the mum because it felt like she was refusing to accept her kid. But I think I got frustrated with both of them. Like the dad, I guess in some ways it was lovely, fully embraced as mm. soon as the child said that she was a girl, fully embraced it. Yeah. But then like was almost uncompromising in being able to even give the child an ability the to change to or to yeah I think that they both were bad at that yeah I think that the thing I didn't like I think that the the reason I actually didn't mind not liking the characters at all times in the book made it feel more real like I yeah. it felt like it was a more genuine portrayal yeah I did think that there was a bit of a magical bullshit vibe with how well the parents I feel like it was messy how they coped with it but it was almost like things worked out too well in the end or something. Like, I don't know. It was just, yeah. like, so neatly. But then maybe, again, that's just me being a pessimist. I, I don't think know. It was, I think it, the trip to Thailand was really frustrating. That's the bit I didn't – that's where like, I started to switch yeah, off. Yeah, that was, like – that's 
very oh just your your medical practice just happens to have a clinic in Thailand that you got over to like it seemed too coincidental you really felt their conflict and that conflict of how to deal with it and that was quite visceral at times yeah and then like to just come like home from a trip and oh their careers are skyrocketing yeah Oh, they're all accepting right. all their issues in marriage. All so, the yeah. other kids are fine. Like, it just felt too cliche at the end. I guess similar vibes to Sally Rooney. Like, yeah, true. it felt rushed when the rest of the book so beautifully captured the mm. messiness of being a big family and trying totally. to work through these complicated issues and also the effects on the other kids. And Yeah. But unlike yeah. Sally Rooney, I don't know if I would have been able to handle an unhappy ending oh, for this same. book. Actually, same. And I, I think there's so I few stories. I think we've talked about this before as well. So a few stories of joy from minori- about minority groups. Yeah. That you kind of need that. And also in that way, it was really lovely that both parents like 100% supported their kid. I think that's why I just resented the mum at a couple of points because it felt like she was almost pushing her daughter to like – be 100% sure even though no kid can be sure at that age by like forcing her to wear boy clothes and yeah I just I think I resented that a little bit of like oh but maybe that's because I was like that's what I wouldn't do yeah so thinking like putting a judgment on her for doing that I don't know yeah but the rest it was like a page turner I really wanted to know what was happening to them all I was invested in like almost all of them as characters I loved how weird the twins were I, know, I was so here for the weird twins. They were great. They were they so were the funny. Yeah. Same. Because the they fact- felt the most childlike. They felt the most realistic Real, in yes. the things that they were doing and saying. Kids are stupid sometimes. And they say the funniest, weirdest <laughs> shit. They don't like, I don't know, the way they were talking, the other kids were like adults and it was, that was really enjoyable. weird. But yeah, yeah, the twins were so much fun. Twins were the best. Yeah. I also, um, I thought it was so beautiful, the fact that she... So on the way to give birth to Claude, who became Poppy, yeah, she in her head she was always hoping it would be like Poppy, and then for that to actually end up happening, I think was quite beautiful. I thought, and I thought it was absolutely gorgeous that the daughter chose the name Poppy as well. Yeah. It wasn't the parents choosing that yeah. name, and it's sort of like it was this concept of like the mum had always wanted it yeah and uh, it was it was really beautiful I think I cried in that bit <laughs> I know she was always poppy yeah her. yeah I think and like that just it was so beautifully like full circle as well it's definitely worth reading this book definitely really enjoyed it yeah and even if you don't like family sagas or like domestic life or parent yeah. stories. It's would, still really would, good. Yeah, because we're like that and we yeah. actually loved this book. Um, or at last book. <laughs> I did not realise this was going to be your least favourite. I hated this book. <gasps> okay, so we're talking... Oh my God, this is great. Luster by Raven Lalani. Um, I went into this with so many mixed feelings because I had two friends that oh. had both read it. One said it was her favourite book of 2020. Oh. And the other friend said it was like, and I feel so bad. I bought it for my this friend for her birthday because it's been on all of the bestseller lists. I hadn't read it, but I was like, oh my god, it looks really cool. Such very an buzzy. interesting yeah. topic. Yeah, like very buzzy. So bought it, and she literally, I think I checked in with her after she'd started reading it. She's like, I don't know how to say this to you. But she's like, I absolutely hate it. And I was like, what? Oh my god, I got you a terrible book. <laughs> I think I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. 
But I think it's because I went in with super low expectations. Okay. Because the friend that said she really didn't like it, I think we're quite similar on a lot of our likes and dislikes with books. So I went in being like, I'm probably going to have a similar opinion. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of enjoyed it. Okay. (laughs) I didn't like any of it. Oh my God, really? I think think it was, I actually think out of all four of the books we're talking about, I think this was the best written. Yeah, I was actually, I've written that in my notes. The prose is incredible. Gorgeous. She's so talented. In that way, it was a joy to read. Yeah, true. There's a little else that I liked. <laughs> oh my god, I love this. All right, what sh- what did I have to say about it? Yeah, tell me. Um, I wrote it definitely still follows a similar format to the Sally Rooney <laughs> nothing happens quotidian life vibes. Mm. Um, but I wrote there was so much more depth to this book. That ache of loneliness was really palpable. Um, and a book about a young woman coming to terms with that aloneness and using other people to help her feel real and, like, yeah. give her own reality something tangible to herself. Yeah. Um, it was like the book was one long allegory or metaphor for her own lack of se- lack of self-esteem and self-worth. Yeah, she was definitely using Eric. Like, yeah. you could tell it was just a relationship she was... What's the word where you, like, replace it with something else? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I do. It's like when you replace one addiction for another. It's that kind of yeah, vibe. It was yeah. clear the relationship was only based on, like, sexual and physical attraction. I mean, it was super weird with the, like, wife this friendship. It lost me. I it was, was like, almost like sci-fi vibes or something where you're like, this is not real. So basically the protagonist moves in with <laughs> love the, disdain the person that she's having. So... This couple with a young daughter has an open marriage and she is sleeping. I would say open, reluctantly open. Yeah, reluctantly open. I would open. say the man, I don't know if I'd use the term coerce, but you can te- you can definitely tell the wife She's is not, not happy board. with this situation. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that this is an ethically monogamous, non-monogamous relationship. No. And she just moves in with the couple and everyone, even the kid, knows what's going on. Yeah. I thought it was fucked up. Yeah, but I kind of liked that it subverts that narrative a little bit. And it's almost like the wife and the mistress become friends. But did they become friends? I don't know. Hmm. She was always so terse to her. Like, yeah. She almost, like, was testing her every time she would come close or, like, do something nice. She would then react and, like, snap back. Yeah. I don't know. I really... <laughs> you yeah, read I, it differently. I think so. I think it was just... I read it more as this view of, like, capitalism and racism and sexism all bundled up into one story. And I kind of liked the dry wit of the, like, of Edie, the main character. And I kind of, I don't know, I liked the tension between her and the wife. Like, Mm. I think it would have felt more ridiculous if the wife was totally okay with everything. Yeah. Um, But I felt like she reluctantly liked Edie. And vice versa, no. where it was almost this, like, they were almost thrown into this circumstance together by virtue of Edie being, like, financially unstable. Yeah. There, was, there was clear class... Yeah, there was a huge commentary on class. Delineations. Mm. Mm-hmm. In, in that, maybe in my opinion, it was still, like, even with all that inequality, it was still so far-fetched that they would end up in this situation. I was like, in what world would that ever happen? I mean, polygamy exists. No, I know, but like polyamory, not polygamy. Wrong word. 
She's like the the wife is clearly. I know, I know. Doesn't like her. Like, why would you? Even if because even if you're threatened, like, why would you ever let this person stay with you? I don't know. I think that's where it. I think it was shocking to me. But is that a reflection of your values? Do you know what I mean? Like, I just wonder if it's like it seems unfathomable. Yeah, because you're like for me, I was like I can't imagine being that generous, regardless of how reluctant it is. Yeah to let someone like that in but then I was like well maybe for other people that's like a totally within the bounds of like what they would consider okay but the other way around would you ever no stay with but then a I family guess it's like, like that if you have no money it's not like Edie was like wanting it yeah, it was just kind of like trying to get a job. yeah it was by virtue of almost like literally no other choice yeah I think it's just different value sets and I wonder if that's why we both felt so uncomfortable with that part of it or it yeah. felt so unbelievable because I feel like... And she writes it like it's supposed to be... It's supposed to be yeah. tense. I don't know. It, like, I did write, like, it's a pretty bleak narrative. Oh, so bleak. But I kind of liked the really weird sense of humour that Edie had. I feel like that saved the book. Okay. And put it into a space where I really enjoyed it. But I think, again, like, I, yeah, I just I wonder whether it's my low expectations going in that shaped how I viewed it. Maybe, because I went in thinking that I was going to like it. Yeah. I was ple- I was pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Look, I would not say it's a book I loved. Yeah. I would not say it's a book I would recommend to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely But not. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. Interesting. And I, I do think it's very divisive. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't... I mean, I think I fall sort of in the grey area, but I think that that's only by virtue of going in with such low expectations yeah. and expecting to hate it. I wonder if I'd expected to love it yeah. if I would have hated it. I didn't even think, like, the sex was gratuitous or, like, over the top or anything. I actually kind of like the realistic depiction yeah. of that where, like, it definitely was not about um, female pleasure at all. No, and, like, that's what she their was whole getting used. relationship was based yeah. on. Yeah. Their sexual relationship. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't... Something about it just didn't work for me. Yeah, fair. It's a polarising book. I don't yeah. think it's for everyone. Would not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I would say three and a half out of five for me. One. Whoa! For the writing. Jacinta. And it's quite short. Like I, It is I quite short. It. it does take a little while to get through, which is probably not a great indication. Yeah, but like I, I do, she's a brilliant writer and I would pick up the next book that she writes. What are your extra recommendations, though, for this episode? Oh, yeah. So, you actually sent me the Adelaide Writers Week. Oh, my God. Program. It's so good. The first release lineup. Oh, my God. My I... favourite author. <laughs> I think I did I write it all in caps. I was basically <laughs> just like, PKR is coming to Adelaide. Uh-huh. And they knew exactly what it was about. <laughs> Patrick Radden Keith is probably my favourite author right now. Jacinta's future husband is I'm on his way to Adelaide obsessed. in a few months. Yeah, I'm going to pull a Edie and move in with his mom. <laughs> Does he have a family? Of course he's got a family. Yeah. He's so annoying. Yeah. But I just finished his newest book, which is phenomenal again, but maybe I'm just biased, um, called Empire of Pain. I've been wanting to read yes. this. It's about the Sackler family. And the way they have pushed and made Oxycontin an epidemic in America. These, like, ridiculously rich people 
having no consequences. Yeah. And basically ruining yeah. millions of people's lives. This self-interested shocking. wealth gain. Yeah. It's literally just to manufacture their own wealth and it's fucking and, awful. Like they all knew what it was doing but still benefited off of the sale of this incredibly addictive drug that's ruining people's lives. It's such a good book. It's really fascinating. And it is a family saga. I know it we've been talking it. about it, but there is this, there's a, I guess, a non-fiction grit to it. That is what I appreciate. It's got some succession vibes. I'm Ooh, getting off it the way you're talking about succession it. Succession vibes. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. Okay. Yeah, so I recommend Empire of Pain by Patrick Radden Keith. Jacinta's all-time favourite author. I've got hard eyes. <laughs> right now. Hard eye energy. Sitting into in the, the chair. Without making it a husband. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. How about you? What are you recommending? Um, I've gotten back into baking a little bit more recently. Ooh. I feel like I took a break for a while. I'm going to have to take a break again to prevent myself from like <laughs> constantly tonight. living off sugar. Yeah. Um, but I'm recommending Claire Saffitz's book um her latest cookbook dessert person is it good so good i think my new favorite chocolate chip biscuit recipe comes from this cookbook which is saying oh. a lot i think i've talked in the past about how you can judge a cookbook on its chocolate chip biscuit recipe that's such a good link yeah i think this one is my fave fair warning claire savitz used to work at bon appetit yeah um and was definitely at the center of a lot of the the, yeah she's part of the problem um so Bon Appetit was one of the big companies that got called out um in the the wave of Black Lives Matter um gaining momentum last year and she ended up resigning from Bon Appetit I think or at least taking a leave of absence she was always she was a contract person that's right but she was considered yeah a big part of the culture problem there mm-hmm. um so i guess yeah i think maybe we'll link to a couple of articles about that because i think as much as i'm promoting this book i want to be aware of the be aware of the context of, of her yeah um and so i feel a bit conflicted about <laughs> recommending it anyway that's the, <laughs> that's my other recommendation is the um cookbook by claire saffitz i actually oh. really like that recommendation i'll All right. have to pick it up yeah. Well, yeah, thanks everyone for sending us through your yeah. suggestions for what we should talk about and read for this episode. Yeah, like we said before, I really loved picking up books I wouldn't have done so otherwise. Same. I feel like we should do this same concept yeah. again next year. I feel like it's good because it sort of forces us to read different things. Exactly. I love yeah. this concept. Yeah. Same. You know what I just realized? Yeah. They're all fiction. Ooh, and they're all by women. Fuck yeah. (laughs) All right, well, yeah, if you have read any of these books, please let us know if you have different opinions or the same opinions or what you think. Yeah, did you agree with Emma or me on Lust? Oh, my God. I feel like it is coming out to be one of the most divisive books of the last two years. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and let us know if there's anything else you think we should be reading. Um, And if you haven't read any of these... Happy reading. Yeah, happy reading. Bye. (laughs) See ya.